Hello everyone, it's your old mucker Paul Salt here, in his muck. This week, Paul Goodman has had tradies in working on his roof, and although we recorded on a Saturday morning, they still turned up to do noisy work right above his podcasting head. Consequently, please forgive any knocks or bangs you may hear during the recording, and join us in extending our appreciation to the working men of Australia. Come rain or shine, they're up in your loft making all sorts of noise first thing in the morning. Thank you, Australian work ethic for protecting us against the dangers of audio clarity and mental cohesion. Nice things to say about really hateful films sometimes. Uh, I don't know why. Can't remember. Something about being positive? It's a job in it. Yeah. You know, coming to things with an open mind. It's a good thought, right? We do it for the bitches. <laughs> That's why I do it. Oh, I'm Paul Salt. I'm done creatively. <laughs> Fuck, that's it, everyone. <laughs> Fucking out of here. <laughs> the novel, you just tore it into shreds. <laughs> I don't want to contribute to this world anymore. The one I'm working on at the moment, I hate the words. <laughs> They're all back in me now. All that evil. I just can't have it existing in the same world as Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler? I have regularly in my notes gone to write Eddie Murphy and said Adam Sandler instead. Do you know that? It happened like three we've, times. We've, look, we've both thought a lot about Adam Sandler in the last few days, Paul. There's, no, there's no shame in it. We're not the only ones. Eddie and Charles Murphy also. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Do you think there's just a chance that we've been overlooking the real evil here all this time? I don't think that you have to limit yourself to one evil is a thing. <laughs> like, There's no great mastermind. God gave us two hands for a reason. <laughs> he cast down many devils and they rise about us. All right. Today we shall be discussing... Look, are you sure about this, mate? <laughs> you sure you want to do this one? <laughs> is, is it that important to <laughs> us and our integrity? I can still remember stuff about Sander Funder. We could do that again. Oh yeah, no, that was alright. Ben Kingsley, right? Alright, fine. Today it's Norbit. Uh, Norbit. I didn't say I was sure. <laughs> Meet a nice guy. Norbit. 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 With a huge problem. Don't adjust my seat. Look. That sign typically proved that you was adjusting my seat. It's not sign. It is a difficult. I'm just taking. What am I gonna do? Eddie Murphy. Right for your life. Norbit is a 2007 crime movie about an innocent and slightly simple man named Norbit being tricked into defrauding a childhood friend out of the rights to the orphanage they both grew up in. Uh, there's some misunderstandings, some twists and turns, but ultimately it all comes up good. Oh, uh, also, um, Norbit has a wife. Come here, Norbit's future. You thinking about creeping, ain't we? We're just friends. what I tell you about having friends? Go over there and give me another wine, cool. It's hot as hell out here, don't you see I'm sweltering? Because you can't drink wine. Oh, why the hell not? You're a child. Oh, oh, that was, I had gas. I still got it. <laughs> There's your child. Now go get me something to drink. Well, he also has a father figure, doesn't he? He does. He has an elderly Chinese father figure. Ding, ding. Come on, left another one. You will not eat another baby. <laughs> Clap. And a brock one can give these away. Ugly brock one too. Be here a long time. Nobody ever come and say, give me the ugly black one. 
And yeah. Eddie Murphy plays Norbit, the wife, and the elderly Chinese man. Which, oh. you know, when you consider interse- intersectionality, uh, it's still pretty fucked up. Well, we all know that I never consider intersectionality. He's like a modern-day Mickey Rooney, isn't he? <laughs> it's great. He sure is. He's tw- 2007's answer to a question nobody even knew they wanted to ask, but they did. <laughs> God, he also plays Tandy Newton in the film, because seriously, what else explains her fucking being here? Um, she has an alibi. An alibi. She has an, a small <laughs> boy who comes around telling everyone where she was. <laughs> I'm Miss Tandy Newton's alibi. <laughs> Murphy also wrote the film with his brother Charlie did after you? they were inspired by a hilarious online video of a woman beating up her husband. And the colour fucking purple, apparently. What? Yeah. What? They said, really, you see the colour is... purple? What if you gender reversed it and then made it really bad? <laughs> Imagine <laughs> a woman beating up a man. That never happens. Never happened. Uh, oh, God. Brilliant. And then they got it directed by the guy who did Good Burger. Why? Because <laughs> he was free, Paul. He was perennially <laughs> free. Eddie Murphy, Murphy going through his mental file effects. Who's got fucking nothing going on? I know. Rich- Richard Pryor? Well... It's harder than it sounds. All right. <laughs> it's, it's the guy who directed Good Burger freer than my Richard Pryor is dead. <laughs> yes, I think he is. So we'll hire him. <laughs> now, look, we have some interesting two men like Cuba yes. Gooding Jr., Terry yep. Crews, and yep. Kirsten Schaal. Kristen yep. Schaal. Yeah. But Shame. no three men in a traditional sense. Now, you yes. did want Eddie Murphy to be a three man just based on this. I have picketed hard for this. Now, look, it is certainly true that Murphy has provided us with two and a half loathsome performances um, in one film. But what is a three man, Paul? Is a three man mm. not someone who earns that title over a sustained period of awfulness? Jackie Sandler has been in six awful films, Paul, over a 15 year period. Is it really right that Eddie Murphy should achieve half of her accomplishment for just the one garbage movie? I, I will draw your attention, Exhibit A, to Jack and Jill. <laughs> Did we actually? And the hate that him? we rained down on Adam Sandler for that. <laughs> I'd be very happy. I will. I will compromise here. How about this? If we yeah. can, if we do two more terrible Eddie Murphy films, and we know they're there. Yeah, no, they're there. We don't have to make him a foreman or a fiveman. He could be a three man for three more films. But I think symbolically, we need this, Paul. <laughs> I think the people at home need this. Fine. They, they, need, they need to know that somebody can't just come in <laughs> and Mickey Rooney their way to a Razzie and, get, and, and think that it's going to sit well with the pool boys. He didn't Mickey Rooney his way to a Razzie. He Mickey Rooney his way to three separate Razzies for each of the three characters. Oh my God. That's even Best better. Main, worst main actor for uh, Norbit. Then worst supporting <laughs> best... <laughs> actor. <laughs> best worst supporting actor for the fucking Chinese guy. Uh-huh. And then worst actress for... Um, What's her name? Rasputia? Rasputia, yeah. yeah. So he won three of the fucking things. Great. What a bunch of shit. You're a three-man, mate. <laughs> Fine, be a three-man. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Go. Free to shit, mate. Congratulations. Yay. Jackie Sandler, in order to adjust for inflation, you're now a nine-man. Um... <laughs> Sorry about that. It had to happen. Norbert was received by critics like a 300-pound woman diving onto their faces. With hilarity, apparently. Uh, it was particularly poorly reviewed in con- in the context of Eddie Murphy's recent Oscar-nominated performance in Dreamgirls. And some even claim that the film cost him his Oscar. For example, writing for the LA Times, Greg Baxton and Robert 
W. Wyckoff report nice. that an unidentified Oscar voter told them, every time I pass that billboard, it makes me sick. I think his performance in Dreamgirls is so fabulous, and he deserves to win the Academy Award. But Murphy's latest comedy offering doesn't help. Because I'm a fucking hack. <laughs> and I don't understand how the Oscars works. <laughs> how far could you take that? What if? Who just won best... Um... Oh, okay, well, this isn't very helpful, is it? Who just won the best um, best actor Oscar? Oh, it was Gary Oldman. Well, what if he appeared in a greatly reductive and offensive movie in which he appeared in a fat suit? <laughs> can't, can't, can't tell you. Can't think of an answer for that. <laughs> what if Daniel Day-Lewis, in the same year he did There Will Be Blood, also appeared as Bucky Larson, born to be a star? <laughs> would it have cost him that Oscar? Or would it have gotten double Oscar? That's one of the biggest mysteries of our time, mate. I don't think I could answer that. I genuinely don't know what would happen if, if Daniel Day-Lewis was in Bucky Larson 2. <laughs> but I just imagined him being Bucky Larson, but putting in the performance from Phantom <laughs> Fred. My mother says I look like Brad Pitt. I'm on missionary oh, on top of cowboy with a sp- spinning bronco. I'm here to be the greatest porn star to ever arrive in this county. Uh, Anna Smith found a slightly different tack to come from, uh, saying, even if you go back decades, body fascism has rarely been so brazen or so unfunny. Horrifying. So it's uh, spiritually bad, not just like movie bad. Little tidbit for you here. Uh, the film was released during Black History Month. Thanks, Eddie Murphy. Oh, man. <laughs> Bro. What a treat. Bro. Look, Eddie Griffin knew it was Black History Month. Now, I am reticent to enter the depraved minds of the average cinema goer to find out their opinions regarding Norbit. <laughs> Don't pull. <laughs> well, I haven't. So I've got a bunch of reviews from kids. Uh, these are all from <laughs> children. Uh, Softball Chicky, age 12, uh, said this should be called Ignorbit. <laughs> Oh my god (laughs) Give that kid a fucking star Give her a fucking podcast (laughs) (laughs) We're waiting for you softball chicky Do you like Eddie Murphy? Well even if you do you won't like this movie This should only be seen by perverted teenage boys Who get their humour from sex jokes Sexism, physical gags etc Not very funny And save for a few fast jokes This was quite a waste of money very uh, spending conscious as softball chicky. Mm, she, sound, she sounds like a bit of a uh, pretentious twat, that little girl. Mark Kermode's kid. Well, let's go for someone a bit more Peter Traversy, shall we? A bit more of the people. A bit more dangerous. <laughs> We've got Nadia Cloud, aged 14, who says, I thought Norbert was an okay movie. There was one scene that cracked me up, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Remember that scene? However, most of the film is unfunny and has a terrible message to it. Norbert ditches his wife for another girl when his wife didn't actually do anything. Ooh, ooh. It also puts some bad stereotypes to fat people. <laughs> now, Miss <Little> Cloud. 14-year-old <laughs> little girl. Let's have a discussion here about where you've gone wrong. W- women can't abuse men. <laughs> just because your wife actually just punches you in the face. Not even comedically, yeah. just to end a scene. Doesn't mean... <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry, oh. I can't be serious. You're talking about a man punching a, a woman punching a man it doesn't happen. It's kind of, no, it's never happened. And even if it does, it's not. It's not abuse. It's never abuse. It's hilarious. No. It's a gag. And um, it's like the color. Oh, purple, you know, that, oh, you know what they say though. You know, you know what they say though, lads. Hey, hey. It's not cheating when uh, when uh, you play the the wife as well. <laughs> uh, Norbert has nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, twenty seven percent on Metacritic, and was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Makeup Effects. Well, okay. I it lost at the 2007 Oscars, so I guess it lost to No Country for Old Men by hair's breadth. I imagine and it takes a lot of time to make Tommy Lee Jones look that old. Twenty-four. You see Javier Bardem's hair <laughs> made by the same fiberglass as Eddie Murphy's fat suit. He's actually bald. So, Paul, you turkey ass. 
How you doing? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> 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 Gone back into T-Rex. What was he called in um Oh fuck Orgasmo? Orgasmo T Rex or the, Yeah, the T Rex or something. I don't I don't fucking know. That was that was way <laughs> way less horrible than this piece of shit. <laughs> well, even though that was an actual woman <laughs> look. We're gonna ha- we're gonna be cro- we're gonna be pushing some boundaries with this one. What's one thing about Norbit that made you want to objectulate prematurely? We haven't talked about Terry Crews yet, really, have we? He had a good angry face, didn't he? Oh, his angry face. Got all cross. Oh, whatever you want to say about him. He was angry, wasn't he? You knew he was angry. <laughs> he was very and, angry. Uh, you wondered what horrible abuse he's going to inflict on Norbit next. <laughs> this is where I ask you what happens in Norbit, but I really don't care. <laughs> well, you may not care, but... <laughs> Can we just fuck it out? Look, sometimes an accountant has to deal with rather shady customers. Doesn't know where the money's coming uh, from, but it's paying the bills. <laughs> sometimes a binman has to pick up a Mars bar that's stuck to the back of the head of a very angry bald man. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> two pool boys. <laughs> for the listeners at home, and for the, 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 the drill cunt on my roof <laughs> right now, just have to, they just have to face the Norbit, cheek to cheek. <laughs> Which cheek? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's like Norbit oh, the film, Oh, it's it? a butt joke. <laughs> All right, it's look. happening to me. Fucking end me. Let me put some but, groundwork in. Very much like the fucker okay. in your loft. And then we can build from there. Okay. There's a baby thrown out of a car and he lands at a Chinese orphanage where he is raised near a girl who he quite likes called Kate. But then she gets adopted. He goes to a regular school and meets with a very aggressive woman named Rasputia who yes. uses her physical strength to make him feel accepted. Yes. And kind of indoctrinates him to feel that she's the only one who would love him, I guess. Which is true because he's got well, he's he's got a speech impediment and he wears glasses. True. Everyone has their path in life, and this is more or less where mine started. My name is Norbert Albert Rice, and I was an orphan. I like to think my parents loved me very much, but just didn't have the means to properly care for me. He's got the same speech impediment that Adam Sandler had in um, the Water Football one. The Water Boy. That's it. He's got the exact same voice. It's basically the exact same premise, but. Uh, Waterboy's fine. It's not about the Waterboy. <laughs> With a less terrifying love interest. Tandy Newton is marginally less frightening than the chick from American History X. Fucking hell, yes. Farouk something. Farouk? That's not the name. <laughs> Don't say her name three times. She will appear behind you. <laughs> With the drill guy's head in her hands. Well, at the, okay. At the same time as Respucia, um supposedly looking after him, typical um, abusive behavior, her three brothers, play, yeah. played by Terry Crews and two other... Ter- Very big men. Jeremy Cruz. Um, Terry <laughs> Cruz, Tiramisu, and... <laughs> Other people who are probably footballers. Ricky Tiki Tavi. They... Yeah, Ricky um, Yes, prob- probably footballers. They run a construction and intimidation business. Yes. Uh, Kate, the old love interest, comes back into town. Uh, she comes back because she wants to buy the orphanage. Or she owns the orphanage. Oh. Because everyone's trying to get the orphanage off of her. Very much like Once Upon a Time in the West. It's very much uh, this fucking guy's masterpiece, whoever he did from Good Burger. <laughs> it's just an extraordinary study of tension on film and female agency. Yeah, so she, she's coming back to buy to buy the orphanage because it's... Fuck me, he's got a hammer now. <laughs> he's decided that the, the two days they spent on this corner of the roof wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm gonna... A lot to do, Paul. Okay, everyone, welcome to Rooftop Wrestling, episode five. <laughs> Still on okay. Paul's flat. He's <laughs> he hasn't thrown us out yet. Let's see if we can get Terry into our half Nelson. All right, well, let's let's give it a go. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. There he is. 
Right, that's the groundwork laid. Right, unleash the vicious dogs. <laughs> don't see why this is an important part of the process. Do you want to put the vicious dog guy out of business, do you? That's not what I'm... I mean... <laughs> Never mind, uh, Terry. Fine. Uh, on a scale of 9 to 10, how much would he appreciate me coming out and saying, could you work on the other side of the roof for an hour? That sounds like a killable offence. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare do that to a builder. Maybe if he was do- up there doing uh, doing some like archiving work or something, maybe I'd dare to say <laughs> something. But Noisily archiving. Could you file this somewhere A, else, B, please? C, D, E, F. F is where it goes. <laughs> Next one. A, B, C, D. <laughs> Everything in its place. <laughs> so far, this oh. is more entertaining than talking about Norbit. Yeah, that's good. Maybe, you know. maybe this one we just don't talk about Norbit. <laughs> T- Tandy Newton is there to buy the orphanage because the t- the the big old racist the racist parody of uh, a Chinaman is currently running the <laughs> orphanage. Um, oh, and he hunts. He likes hunting whales as well, which is thrown in there. Why? Why? Oh, why? Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah, Isn't, because fuck. the Chinese do that. Apparently, I don't know. I heard about it once. One of them. One of those kind of oh, places. Oh, oh, almost. It's Japanese, Eddie Murphy. But never mind. Back on. <laughs> Close back, enough, Paul. Back onto my hilarious Chinese accent. Ugh. What a lacist. Do you know what? He he bonds with Kate a bit. He, and he, then they are just seen in various locations. Like well, a he, swimming he bo- pool. Well, he bonds with Kate. But it turns out that Kate's getting married to Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh-oh. He invites. Oh, no. she, she invites him to have lunch with them. And, and he's he's a bit of a, a wedding singer style. Greg, isn't he? Or whatever his name is. Yeah. He's a bit of a Greg Goulier. Oh, they all cheat. Yeah. All of these love interests. Don't worry, guys. You don't have to be complicated by having a genuinely nice person involved no, in a thing. You, you don't have to do any mental gymnastics to figure out why Tandy yeah. Newton would go for Eddie Murphy's character in this. In, in any situation. Yeah. It's yeah. perfectly all right. Because once again, this perfectly nice, sweet-natured woman has been tricked into loving the wrong man. Oh, shit. Happens to them all. Well, Luckily, we do have our bumbling hero yeah. who is ready to save her from her own decision. Before she hemorrhages the last of her agency. <laughs> uh, what what's happened is the Latimores, that is Rasputia, Terry Crews and uh, yeah. Tiramisu and Ricky Tiki Tavi, are all they're all in the uh-huh. racketeering game together. What they want to do is turn yeah. the orphanage into a titty bar. Yes, because it's the only piece of real escape in town. Yep, real escape. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> it is it offers it's it's real estate that offers real escape, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so they get say to Cuba Gooding Jr. they say, "Listen here, Cuba. <laughs> this is uh this is going to get us the big bucks. It's real escape. It's Nippleopolis is what we're going to call it." Yeah. If you can just convince your your wife Tandy Newton or you can marry your wife Tandy yeah, Newton. Yeah. So that you'll inherit you the can, land yeah. automatically. It's a good thing we run off of um 19th century um, law in this fucking <laughs> town. So he he does a proper Greg Julia yeah. Oh fuck it! It's wedding singer basically. He says, "Okay, yeah. let's get married." And she goes, "Really? Are we rushing it?" Fuck no, bitch! Come on, <laughs> give me, give me, give me, Ooh, well, give me them titties. He says, and uh, <laughs> they're planning for the wedding. And she, watch the wedding singer. Just watch the fucking wedding singer. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to yeah. help her with the wedding, so she enlists Norbit's help. Norbit is is they don't do much, but he gets a nice pimp suit from Eddie Griffin, so that's good. Yeah, there's a scene in a water park in which. Um, in which uh, so many antics happen and the fat woman goes down a slide too quick and smashes through a thing and it's really funny. Um, yes, eventually mm-hmm. this culminates at a church where they're going for a rehearsal yeah. and uh, the awful yeah. Rasputia sees the two kissing, gets all angry, yeah. destroys a few things, <laughs> kills, yeah. kills some people, I think, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. It's in there. Um, definitely. I mean, she tries to kill a dog <laughs> at some point. Oh, do you know what she also says, Paul? Do you know what she <laughs> says? What? She says, how you doing? 
<laughs> well, like in a Joey Flirty kind of way. Actually, it's more like if Daniel Day-Lewis was 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 playing him, <laughs> and Daniel Day-Lewis was playing somebody with a stroke. How you doing? How you doing? Are you, now, doing? you piece of shit. <laughs> How you fucking doing? Cut your fucking <laughs> yeah. face off. Wear it. How you fucking doing? They say. Mm. <laughs> Char- character. Yeah, Char- it's like a trait she Char- has. Char- anyway, yeah. in the finale. He's got, they've got Norbit trapped in the basement. He has been forced to sort of alienate himself from Kate by saying that he never loved her in the first place. Uh, she's going to get married yeah. now. She's about to marry Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm. Um, Norbit tr- tries to cycle to the fucking church. He's then chased in a car when it, when Terry Crews finds out that he's escaped and he tries to run him down in his, yep. in his four by four. Whilst fucking Norbit's two pimp friends distract yep. everybody with yep. some that, comedy that's a good and sub- music. That's a good subplot. Eddie Griffin there and uh, Cat Williams. They were pimps. They want to be pimps again. <laughs> then Norbit finally comes in and he's like, yeah. you can't marry Cuba Gooding Jr. He's a cock. And he's like, I'm definitely not. And he's like, oh, I've got proof that you're a cock. Here are your ex-wives. And then he brings in his three ex-wives. It's like the episode of Futurama. I think yep. Futurama got there first. Definitely. By about same, basically, basically the same the same thing. One of them has three eyes. One of them is from another dimension. <laughs> um, but yeah. the... Thandie Newton finally believes Norbit because she didn't believe a fucking word he said about three <laughs> seconds ago, literally. Yeah, but now there are women here. Can't just make those up. Women. They're your kind. They're your kind. <laughs> you believe your kind? S- swap the scent the scent bonding <laughs> that you do. And they waft you know, in each other's faces. And suddenly they share their memories. They, get, they synchronize their menstrual cycles. <laughs> and they all suddenly realize through the hive mind that, yes... Norbit was telling the truth and he's a good yes. guy. So she marries him instead. Not before Rasputia tries to kill oh, yeah. tries to kill Norbit, but oh, yeah. but the town's fucking both both barrels here, sir. Mickey Rooney. Yeah. His whale hunting comes back to him, just oh, like all the yeah. Chinese do with the whales <laughs> that they have in mainland China. He throws a harpoon up the butt of Rasputia. Yes. And she probably dies from internal bleeding. <laughs> and everyone lives happily ever after. Yeah, the end. Oh, I mean, her brother's yeah. going to Mexico and open up the bar anyway, which they could have done in literally any other site other than the orphanage at any point, and it would have been a hell of a lot easier. And they get all the kids, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Well done, Eddie Murphy. Night, everyone. Paul, what is it that exactly that is wrong with stereotype humour? What's wrong with it, and when is it okay? Is it ever okay? Why not? Uh, What's going on? Where I am I? So, ah, for for me, the only the yeah. only thing that I find offensive about stereotype humor is the laziness. Yes, there's nothing inherently wrong with poking fun at a, a, another race as long as it's ah my builder disagrees. <laughs> God, <laughs> my lazy Australian builder. He's <laughs> up there bashing yeah. out the tinnies. <laughs> well, he can't, can't see for all the corks hanging off his hat, can he? <laughs> banging off his eyes there's, 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 there's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong with stereotype humor it's just that the, the laziness irons <sighs> out the subtle any of the subtlety that might have been in lazy stereotype humor i think yeah but for me particularly in this film it's just it's just so boring and when it's not boring it's it is so infuriating I, in addition to the laziness i do feel really uncomfortable about it sometimes and i have a a quote from an activist here naji ali and she says, Eddie Murphy's character, we feel, is offensive to African-American women, and it perpetuates those negative stereotypes that large black women are violent, unattractive, promiscuous, and buffoons. Morning, Rasputia. Oh, morning, Rasputia, my ass. i tell you what, you better do something about that goddamn dog. I ain't gonna be getting terrorized by no dog on my own property. I'm sick of it. I'm gonna go out and purchase me a pellet rifle, and then I'm gonna give him something to bark about when I start popping pellets in his little bug-eyed bastard's ass. So... 
the comedy of this movie is all about Rasputia and her unattractiveness, either in terms mm. of her largeness, you know, scenes of her like lifting up her gut to. Mm. Somebody thinks that she's not wearing any Classic. bikini bottoms, Classic. and so she yeah. lifts up her gut mm. to reveal that she is. Mm. And everyone's meant to go, Ugh. or she's too fat to get into her car. Yeah, you know, or by her yeah. personality, in that she's really aggressive, that um, she's breaking. You know, she's <laughs> she's the woman, but she's the really forceful one. <laughs> in that way, I don't know what the impact is. I don't know everyone's going to the <sighs> cinema and coming out a worse person, but it still feels shitty. It feels like the creators are revealing themselves to be nasty people is the way is, is the reason it bothers me, I think. I, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt and, and say that he's not saying that all African-American women are like this. It's a stereotype of a very specific kind of person. Yes, but he doesn't offer any representation to any other... I mean, there's no other large black women in, in the movie. The only other black woman in the film is um, extraordinarily slender Tandy Newton. Well, I mean... Also, not you know, in in a better film, let's say hypothetically, mm. Norbit was a better oh. film, and this was the only issue. Right. I don't see it's going to be any benefit pandering, and then having a nice fat, big fat black woman yeah. in there just to even things out and say, just so everyone knows, I'm not I'm not saying that this is what all women are like. It's just it's it's a bit it's a bit ruthless and a bit and a bit heavy hand. Well, it's fucking heavy handed, but it's not. Um, yeah, for me, that's not that's not the, the the biggest issue of the film. It's not affectionate. Yeah, it, what I'm hearing from people yeah. is that some say because I haven't seen any of the. There's a bit of a history here of sort of young black men playing older, large black women. You've got Medea, yeah, and you've got Tyler Perry's various efforts and Big Mama's House, Martin Lawrence. Um, and from what yeah. I hear, I think Martin Yes, is that Martin Lawrence, Big Mama's House? Yeah, I thought that was Martin Lawrence. Right, that's Martin Lawrence and, and uh, Tyler Perry is Medea. Yeah, that's the one. Um, I've not seen any of these things, but I'm assured by people who do know about these things that those are somewhat affectionate portrayals. Yes. There's nothing affectionate about this, and the reason it makes me uncomfortable is because it just feels very schoolboy. Of just, uh, wouldn't it be gross if your wife was this big? <laughs> and, and that's kind of literalized in as much as the two pimp characters mm. are there to make those kinds of jokes. You ain't got to worry about this brother buying milk because he just bought the whole damn cow. That's a special cow, too. That must be where buttermilk come from. Them are not dimples. Them are potholes in her ass. Like an Escalade in a wedding dress. If I was being really mean-spirited, I'd say it feels like a critique of kind of uppity women. Yeah. You know, just um, women who aren't willing to just be nice and smiles all the time. You know, women who actually have well, a little bit of force to them. It's like, well, let's satirize them. Well, I mean, it's it, it more than a little bit of force. I think this this character is so un- yeah, unspeakably sure. horrible that she she's like a classic. Yeah. She's a classic cartoon villain. I think she. I mean, and to her credit, yeah. she's genuinely unpleasant. She's um really really horrible sure. to have to spend any screen time with and when when she's there like smacking yeah. smacking norbert around or just mm. just being unspeakably rude or horrible to to people who don't who don't deserve it i felt really really bad <laughs> um and, I, and and you know it's it's not kind to anyone no really. well it, it's very specifically singled out a few people to make the subject of fun i don't know quite yeah. what to make of eddie murphy you know doing his um you know, doing his R's as L's, you know, the Chinese guy impression. That's, uh, that's, that's it's all just dicky. <laughs> I, I I don't know if Chinese people get offended by that. I, I I'm mm. not Chinese. I can't I can't say. I'm sure some people would and some people wouldn't. But sure, it, it's not even funny. No, I think overall it's just it's just mm. unbelievably heavy handed with no real reason behind it. Yeah. You can't. You're not watching any of these jokes and going. I see what he's doing here. 
or, or yeah. like having to you know it's it's just plainly obvious that it's just taking the piss out of certain stereotypes and it's it's as annoying as having a hammer <laughs> beat down on your roof <laughs> um, right on your whenever you're trying to make head. a salient point about a film <laughs> yeah i would say that for me it does feel a little beyond lazy it does feel cruel but I, that's a fair enough distinction, and as much as being cruel is one of the laziest ways of, you know, doing humor. It's a very basic way of just singling someone out and laughing at them. It's, yeah. you know, schoolboy. So yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to have a word about the women of these films, because we've done a few of films like this, Paul. This is Rainy, yes. Rainy Rodriguez, who played Paul Blatt's daughter, Christina Ricci, Katie Holmes, and now Tandy. Dad, you saved them all. They should honor you. I'm so proud of you. Wow, Bucky, I mean, you've been here two days and your dreams are already coming true. I mean, that's incredible. I love you, honey. I'm sorry I doubted you. Come here. They're very similar characters. Yeah, can we maybe throw a few of the uh, Adam Sandler love interests in as well? Because they do fit the same mold. Definitely. So what have we got? We've got Chick from Mortal Kombat, Chick from um, Modern (laughs) Family, Chick from American History X... Chick yeah. from I mean, she's she she breaks the mold a little bit because she's she has way more agency. If anything, she's yeah. the instigator in the in the relationship. <laughs> um, I do want to single out a couple. Like kind of does the opposite. Like Salma Hayek has a bit more. Salma Hayek has a bit of energy to her. Yeah, a bit of a feistiness. Not much to do with any actual plot, but she's got some energy to her performance. Also, are they already together in Grown Ups? So it's true. So it's, There's no seduction the period. All of these women can be unified by certain principles. They're all very nice. And in my head, when I go to imagine one, I always picture Katie Holmes because I think she sort of was more emblematic of this whole thing. Very smiley, very little will of their own, goes along with everyone yep. else, nothing really to do, always yeah. chipper until they are hurt in some way by the main character, at which point they'll act all yep. outraged and go off only to be won over in the third act. And it's kind of the... Int- yeah. the um, the arc of the main character is to win them over. Like they've got thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's it for all of them. And it's just a really... I, I always think of men behaving badly with these sorts of things because <laughs> I really liked men behaving badly. I thought it was a really yeah. funny show. But the women were all too often just straight women. And largely it's because it was written yeah. by a single guy. You know, who just didn't mm. maybe know how to write funny women. And, ca- and yeah. um, who are they? Caroline Quirk. And yeah. um, Leslie, Leslie Ash. Ash, yeah, Leslie Ash would yeah. do things. You know, they put things into the performance to make it funny. But mm. um, for the most part, you know, it's the guys who are funny, and the girls just have to sort of put up with them. Mm. And that 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 does pervade comedy still a little bit, I think, and certainly in Norbit, where oh yeah, certainly in Norbit, yeah, no female performers are allowed to be funny. You know, even the female character who is meant to be this comedic character is played by a man. So yeah. And you, you you know the film before it's um you know before it's even played. Yeah. What does it have to offer? I don't know. I found the obnoxiousness relatively easy to handle in the first hour. Mm. I think it was it was after the church scene. It was in the church sequence. From that point on, mm. most of the dialogue is screaming. <laughs> and it yes, becomes they, they... very hard to take. <laughs> Yes, they really ramp up her um, intensity, don't they? Yes. In a way it, it is really not pleasant to watch. I, I, I remember this because every single time it happened, it was like somebody pinching my bollocks. Every, <laughs> there were so many scenes that ended with somebody screaming. Again, again, it's just laziness through and through. It's, 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 it's seeped into the script yeah. writing, the, the scene structure, everything. Like, no, I mean, Norbit reminded me of... 
about three different Adam Sandler films, and I kept yes. writing notes of this whilst whilst I was watching it. Yeah. It's got the romantic story from the wedding singer. It's got the the cross dressing, good cross dressing humor from Jack and Jill, and yeah, it's got all the the unfunny sketch scenes of, of grown ups too. Mm. It's it's just it's just a big der- derivative pile of bollocks. Hello, OG team. Now I know as well as you do that two out of the three of the films that Paul just mentioned actually came out after Norbit. So accusing Norbert of being derivative in that sense is just inaccurate. But come on, guys. He had all those hammers and drills and such all up in his head. Give him a break. Please? It is. It is that. But I will say this for Murphy's performance, which is that he really does throw himself into these things. You can hardly accuse him of being lazy in terms of the actual performance. I mean, in terms of, like, when he's playing the Chinese guy, the physicality he puts into it, yeah. the energy, the mm. he's moving about the places. It's hardly a sleepy um, Sandler performance. No, for sure. And do you know what? There were parts of Rasputia that were quite real, and it was <laughs> Yes, strange. that had little mannerisms that you felt, oh, yeah, I get it. And yeah. I will say this for the Oscar-nominated um, prosthetics. He, they did allow him to maintain quite a bit of... Um, movement in his facial expressions yeah. i mean some mm-hmm. to be honest that he's really flummoxed by the um look, oh god i keep forgetting her name rasputia's uh lips they're very yes. thick lips uh which again made me feel uncomfortable but they're very big lips and <laughs> they kind of freeze up her face so she when she's stationary mm. in particular she looks very fake but uh what do you think about this rasputia da 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 yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that's unfortunate. But otherwise, like he's able to maintain his his Eddie Murphy yeah. expressions quite well. So credit to yeah. Rick Baker, I guess. The, the, the suit looked great. FS, it was a real sort of high tech fiberglass. I wondered. I think it's very it's very expensive and yeah. I wondered um, if there were moments when it was a body double because moments like lifting up the gut to show mm. the thing, or when she's struggling to get through the ticket barrier, that looked like real bouncy flesh. I'd be very yeah, surprised if that was latex. I did try and look, actually, look this up, and I couldn't yeah. find any information about it being a body double, which doesn't mean that it wasn't. I did see a picture yeah. of the actual the fat suit, just yeah. uh, you know, not being worn by anybody, and it looked surprisingly good. It was looked very realistic. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, that sounds like Big Bird without his puppeteer. <laughs> just sort of slumped in the fucking corner. Just there were a couple of moments where I think it, it must have been a body double because there was some quite yeah. questionable CGI. Oh yeah, of Eddie Murphy's face. There's one when ah. she rolls over on him on on the bed, and it's almost like his face has been uh, rotoscoped on. It's it's like moving around like the, eye, yeah. the eyes of an orphan. Well, most of that worked quite well. Like shit, it's late on. Oh, it's a headlock. She gets him in a headlock, and I remember thinking. Holy mm. shit! Like that's that is both of them there. That looks pretty good. Fair enough. I can't. I can't fault. Back. <laughs> I can't really fault a lot of this. A lot of this stuff. It was. It yeah. was pretty good. So it's at better least, than Jack again, and Jill, which was made three yeah. years you, you, after that. So five years. Yeah. Jesus. You see, see, see what happens when you've got somebody who cares about the job. I feel. I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, this is one of those things where, you know, on his CV they can see that he did good, <laughs> even if the, com- yeah. the company itself was imploding <laughs> at the time. Yeah, it's not a Dean Cundy situation where it's like, oh, a brilliant cinematographer on a bad film. Maybe he does really good cinematography. Oh, no, he doesn't. It's just all washed out. And this could have been a Dean Cundy joint. This was very blandly cinematographized. (laughs) Photographed, let's say. (laughs) 
cinematographized i'm ha- happy with <laughs> that is the term. you're the film boy i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go with you hello i'm <laughs> the cinematographer well one thing before we quick fire because let's get on to that soon i think we've explained why this is a pretty bad movie i have a comment by a denine l brown who wrote a really interesting article mm. about this whole thing asking about whether norbit is um a laugh or no laughing matter and he concludes referring to the scene in which um Rasputia tells Tandy Newton that she um, should put some weight on because she's too skinny. I'm just trying to say, you're too damn skinny. Look at you. See, most men like a woman that got a little, a little, hey, hey, you ain't got nothing. You're just skin and bones, just sitting in a chair, all bones and skin. Oh, I feel sorry for you. And as she speaks, there is a tiny moment of realization that Rasputia has a healthy self-image. And her large ego in some way matches psychological studies that show that black women generally have a higher acceptance of body weight than other women. There's a positive angle there. Mm. I thought that she was just being kind of shitty because she wanted to put, um, what's her name, down by any means that she could. And it just so happened Mm. she was very thin. But, I don't know, I guess some form of self pride in her size but she's always she's also always denying it like when eddie murphy dares mm. to suggest she's put on some weight you know she gives her the gives her the scowl gives him the scowl shows that you can just spin this anywhere old you fucking want doesn't it well i guess so i like the idea <laughs> but i'm not sure it's supported here yeah it, it's, an, it's a nice idea and you, you got to cling to it at this stage i think <laughs> let's cling to some other things let's quick fire quick fire in the in the beginning, when uh, the ginger bullies come in and stomp his sandcastle, it was a good side shot. It looked dynamic. I thought, ah, good stuff. Yeah, so I'm gonna just f- follow on from that because it's the same. It's the same scene. Okay. When when young Rasputia comes in, and she sort of goes Mm-mm, like that. It's a good <laughs> yeah. entrance before she <laughs> before she beats up those nasty bullies. I kind of liked young Rasputia actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She delivered her name in a very funny way. Um, yeah. It's, it's the, the one laugh I got in the entire movie was when um, Norbert asked her what her name was, name is. And after a second, she just goes, Rasputia. It was amazing. <laughs> she also delivered the line quite well. Um, Get your ass up and hold my hand. <laughs> and yeah, and it was the only that. time that it was the only time that how you doing was uh, not not the worst thing in the world. Oh. Who are you? Rasputia. What's your name? Norbit. You got a girlfriend, Nesbit? Uh, Norbit. No. Well, you do now. Get your ass up and hold my hand. Okay. How you doing? Ah! There's, actually, there's actually something kind of sweet about the two of them at that stage. Two misfits, mm. you know, who on opposite sides of the spectrum, one extreme extrovert, the other extreme introvert, maybe finding each other. Mm. The promise of something maybe a little sweet before it turns into crass stereotyping. Anyway. um, Okay, this line I feel bad about highlighting as a good thing. I really do. Do it. It tickled me, is the thing. Okay. Um, Eddie Murphy in his old man Chinese outfit. He comes out <laughs> and he finds the baby that's been abandoned. He picks it up and he mm-hmm. says, oh, it's a black baby. I can't give these away. Which <laughs> is such a cold, heartless yeah. thing to say about a, ch- about a baby. <laughs> talking about it as if it was like a fucking car part he had found <laughs> a nice bit of self-awareness and self-deprecating yeah. humor from eddie murphy and maybe a bit of social awareness as well yeah it, that, that did, it took me a moment to sink in because he also said brack baby i think and uh, oh god had to get had, had to get over that initially before I just he had to quickly throw up and then before the good racist line came in 
Terry Crews, um, in general, I quite enjoyed in the film, but in particular, his introduction where he's got his 80s haircut, um, sort of sideburns <laughs> and a sort of, uh, yeah. I don't think it's an afro, it might be a jerry curl, but it's this little thing and um, he's just this incredibly imposing hulking guy and he just sort of says, leg, leg, <laughs> indicating which part yeah. of the animal do you, do you want. And that was really fun. And then later on when he's at the wedding, um, <laughs> when he's at, she's actually laughing thinking about this. I really like Terry Crews. When he's at the wedding, um, <laughs> he's about to stand up to sort of question the Chinese guy who's saying some pretty racist stuff. Uh, or no, he's criticizing uh, Rasputia pretty badly. And he says, um, come on, it's a joke. You don't want to start a, a fight at a wedding, do you? And uh, Terry Crews has to look admonished and sort of look around kind of like, oh, I suppose not, and sit back down again. And just that little face of his. <laughs> he has a good. He has a good face. Speaking of Terry Crews, I did actually feel yeah. really, really bad for Norbit whenever he threatened him. It's just so unreasonable and so horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even really paid off later. He was he he didn't get like much of a comeuppance from from Norbit or anyone. So he, he was just out of town. horrible, horrible man. He gets comedically chased out of town running in that hilarious way that he does. He looks fucking good running. I mean, he was a football player, right? He looks Probably. like when he starts running that no one could fucking stop him. Not man, nor god. Yeah. Not even racist Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Okay, here's another. Here's the next offensive joke that I found funny. Um, so on their <laughs> wedding night, is <laughs> that new bit? On their wedding <laughs> night, uh, Rasputia throws herself at Norbit and it sort of crushes him against the bed and falls down. Mm. And I will say that whenever Rasputia has to throw herself at something, it is quite good. It's kind of like comic, mm. uh, cartoon style quickness to it and impact, which is quite good. But in this particular instance, it was the sheer identical nature of the three times in which she crushes him against the bed and i know it's offensive because it's a joke about you know fat woman breaks bed ha 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 but the fact that it's the exact same visual gag three mm. times in a row it's like the the um david cross um the mr show sketch about the guy who keeps knocking over the fucking um furniture over and over again in this same way every time yeah. <laughs> it's like that it's just repetition is funny and they did this quite well when when tandy meets respucia for the first time respucia yeah. is, is kind of unsure of how to deal with this interaction and she very nervously goes hello yes it was yeah. a very it was a very nice little bit not you know a wet... like kind yeah kind of hyacinth bouquet style yeah just just keeping up civility just way yeah. way subtler than anything else in um in the rest of the film yeah it's good okay some of who is it who's playing the aerobics instructor it's a it's a way it's a way it? is it marlon um, marlon yeah i think it's marlon way some of his there's a there's an armstrong and miller sketch about a guy um sort of yelling out abs, um absurd instructions to an aerobics class like um wave hello to the postman <laughs> okay, press the badger. You know, and it reminded me of that. And one of them was, here come the cops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I did like Power Tap. I thought um, that was a pretty cool cool idea. Then it did turn into the whole grown-ups two squatting on his face, perverted aerobics Yeah, then, thing. then it was just, oh, he's a deviant. Didn't see that coming. The Bounty Castle scene looked like it might have actually been fun to film. Oh, fuck you! Yeah! <laughs> shouldn't, and that little girl shout. goes... Yeah. <laughs> That little girl goes flying across the fucking room when um, Lucretia. Why do I keep going to call her Lucretia? It looks like Rasputinania, whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's gonna land directly on her, but she lands next yeah. to her, and like a second later, like a beat later, where it looks like nothing's happened, the little girl just goes flying into the fucking air. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it looked like him lumbering around in a fat suit while some yeah. girls genuinely try to avoid him. Might have been a fun scene to to do, and I don't think he would yeah. have also 
um, physically injured the young child in an Adam Sandler way. <laughs> as hard as he could. Um, I'm, I'm literally going to fucking kill her. He before, <laughs> bouncing harmlessly into the oh, scene. Oh, God. I really, it, it entertained me how quickly Marlon Wayans got the fuck out of there when, um, when he's been caught cheating with Norbert's wife. Because he, he leaves yep. him. He goes through the doorway. And then Eddie Murphy turns right to look out of the window and he's already outside trying to get his pants on, implying that he left the house extraordinarily quickly, which it made yeah. me laugh. The joke of um, Eddie Murphy watching a fat young girl on the back of a pony, you know, and comparing it to his own situation was kind of mean-spirited, especially since that's an actual little girl there that we're being mm. invited to sort of, I don't know, laugh at like, yeah, that horse, <laughs> that's having a tough time of things. Mm. But then we cut, and there's um, after Eddie Murphy says, I feel your pain, it cuts in, and the, there's a little tear running down the pony's face, which um, <laughs> made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder with things like this, how do they hire people for those roles? Yeah. You're going to be fat girl on donkey. You're, you're going to be fat yeah. girl in the corner of the room farting while yeah. Summer, Summer Hayek abuses you. I mean, like, are they going to... Oh, God, that was fucking awful, that. That was Hitman's bodyguard. Jesus Christ, I forgot how bad that was. I don't know. Like, if it's a little girl, like, do you lie to them? But then are they going to be like, oh, boy, I can't wait to watch this. And everyone's like, no, 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 don't do that. Do they, do they say, you know, director director of big star Hollywood film yeah. looking for fat person? <laughs> director to, of to Good Burger. At, their, at your expense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> no, me neither. Anyway. We want you. Like, how would you how would you phrase it? Is that just is that like a ruthless artist yeah. thing where like your your creative vision? <laughs> it's the Stanley Kubrick out- of um, Keenan and Kel. Yeah. You're the, the the fucking Nietzsche, the fucking um, <laughs> Raskolnikov of of Good Burger. Your mundanity will only make our exceptionality more pronounced. <laughs> you should be humbled by that. You fat bitch. When they're in the hairdressers and. Uh, Tandy Newton sees Respucia. She goes, oh, Respucia. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's just a really great way of going, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck him in this movie. Oh, the pug and a scooter. It's really cute. He's got oh. a little, uh, well, the wheels that they put him on. He's a cute mm. pug. He's got wheels. That's sweet. Then he made him talk. <laughs> because, I don't know. Hang on a minute. Was that a Doctor Doolittle reference? Again, all I could think just... of was little Nicky. <laughs> so you've yeah, dumb fucked that. up, Eddie Murphy. That scene mm-hmm. where Respucia was interrogating her brother by shaking salt. The very next pizza. one I read. The very next one on my list. How eerie. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, God. It remi- reminded me of um, there's a basketball bit when he's psyching out one of the players by putting tinfoil in his mouth. And uh, it's just as <laughs> nonsensical. I didn't know if that was... <laughs> He he hated salt on his pizza or something, or if or if he was just scared. I think it's it just, just the sound. Intimidation. Yeah. The sound it's because there's in- also the ticking coming from a game show that she's got on TV. Yeah. So there's the ticking and the shaking, and it just makes it more intense. I mean, it was like a Zimmer moment. <laughs> I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Okay. He's on a date with that five kitty girl. It was fairly absurd, and uh, yeah. for that, it, it wins a point. Un point. <laughs> Not only did I think Norbit's uh, suit was pretty cool, the purple suit they put him in. That was a good suit. He looks like a, he looks like a stylish motherfucker in that suit. Mm. As he's walking away from the two pimps, I don't know, one of them says something, um, I, I've written it down phonetically, but I can't get the exact thing, but he just, <laughs> just kind of says his name, like, Norbit. Like, it seemed improvised, <laughs> Norbit. and it just seemed like... Norbit. It just it just felt like a sweet, friendly thing, like a gesture mm. between friends. It felt real, and I like that. Mm. Sounds like Hagrid. <laughs> 
Doesn't Hagrid have a fucking bird called Norbit? Norbit? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Look, I'm going to Google this. I haven't Googled anything all episode. Yeah, it's fucking Norbert is the, uh, the the dragon that he has. <laughs> okay. Oh, that blue suit pimp um, at the end of the two pimps, the one in the blue suit. Mm. He had some fucking moves. Yeah, and that Eddie Griffin. He was, yeah, danced his way out of a tin cabbage. <laughs> pimp his way out of a school. <laughs> I'm not good at um, vamping. Move on. <laughs> Actually, that, that um, Eddie Griffin pimp, once he gets the choir singing and everyone talking about love, it pans out and it reveals Tandy Newton is doing a little dance, not really giving yeah. a fuck if the wedding's postponed or not. And it was a cute, it was a very, it was a very cute little dance. Um, yeah, she's gonna have like fun. Really here. odd with everything else happening in that scene. It's like, <laughs> and I just remembered that. God, oh, Tandy Newton's a good actress. Yeah, I like when Tandy she's Newton. dancing. I thought about uh, Rock and Roller and her sort of incredibly awkward dancing with uh, Jared Jared Butler. <laughs> that was a great scene. The last, the last one I have is um, thank the, God the guy, the brother that you leave. <laughs> I know. Um, I can think of more if you want. The the brother that they leave to watch over Norbit, Norbit, when they go to the wedding, he's got his top off because I think what what is it he's doing? Is he doing power tap or something as well? It's something reassuringly gay that a big black guy right. wouldn't ever do. Right? Because they're not they're not gay ever. Anyway, he's um he's insanely muscly and yeah, it's fuck worth, he is. It's worth noting he was so muscly. <laughs> well done, sir. The final good thing, then. Now, Cuba Gooding Jr. had a rough decade after winning his Oscar. Uh, he f- found it tricky to find work that was sort of up to his caliber because maybe there wasn't as many exceptional roles available around that time um, for certain <laughs> kind of guys. Or maybe he just made some really bad decisions. You decide. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a two-man now because of Pearl Harbor. It was rough. Now, in this, he appears, and he's playing your standard kind of fucking love interest who's got to be gotten out of the way before um, before the true romance can happen. And so he's going to be <laughs> slimy. He's going to be two-timing. But um, I don't know. There was a nervous energy to him that I really appreciated. Often the situation's beyond his control, sometimes because he's got mm-hmm. Terry Crews' godlike hand sort of on his shoulder. Um, <laughs> so... That's intimidating. Anyone would crumble under that pressure. Um, anyone. anyone. Even you. I, especially me. Jesus. I just have to think about it and I'm gone. Uh, but yeah, he's got his moments and he's got a really good acting face, I find. Those are capable of a wide range of things. No uh, argument from me on that one. Yeah. Especially, I, I think I've realised only at the very end when uh, he was finally confronted with all of his wives and yeah. um, he went, he, he, he said something like, oh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And yeah. it was a very good face. It was a very good delivery and very good physicality. I yeah. didn't quite know what I was seeing well. at the time because it had been so long. Yeah, to watch, a, to watch Cooper Gooding Jr. scarper out of a church, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get from this film. Oh, all right. Well, I think we've just about handled that. How about we have a chat about the one better thing? Well, how about checking out the OG team first, you fucking idiot? Oh, yes. <sighs> okay. It's not my fault you sometimes remember to ask the OG team. <laughs> Look, there's a perfectly good explanation for last week. I just forgot. <laughs> And this time I remembered. So, you know, look, there's a reasonable explanation here. We're all vampires. Oh, God. Okay. TV in space at TV in space says, A, it has Tandy Newton in and she's a good actress. B, some of the makeup effects are good. Yeah. I think quite a, a few of them TV are. in space. Yeah. Yeah. You got good. Tell me, tell, tell us something we don't know. Oh, really? Paul did that. Oh, gosh. This podcast is over. Matthew Gray, a clockwork writer, shit film guy extraordinaire, said... 
Christ, I remember watching this when I was younger. The only thing I remember is a scene where a fat-suited Murphy is on a slide. I've since removed it from my mental hard drive to free up space. Oh, and Terry Crews is in it, so that's a good thing, surely. <laughs> Sounds like you've got yeah. some residual files there left over from that particular <laughs> excavation. One better thing! Ah! The one better thing. Now, my better thing, and it's been a while since I recommended mm-hmm. a TV show instead of a film. Ooh! Has been known to happen. But that TV show is, and I was thinking about this a lot during the film, um, I just recently watched the season two finale of Glow. Yes. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Now, Glow is a TV show that started up last year on Netflix, which is about a bunch of uh, misfit women who are all sick of their sort of lots in life, who all come to an acting audition only to find that they are being recruited for a wrestling show to go out on cable television late at night. Ah! (laughs) And it's... um, and it's just about that's their... That's wrestling, isn't it? That's wrestling. Oh! Yeah, knew it. Whoopsie! <laughs> <laughs> I say. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I've been to the London wrestling matches. Dope! Yeah, it's about these... Uh, it's primarily about the two main women, which are uh, played by um, Alison Brie and Betty Gilpin, who are mm. sort of start off as friends very quickly become not friends and then have to work at becoming friends again um or oh. will they is the question mm. but it's, it's entirely about these women as they learn to become wrestlers and as they learn to become themselves everyone has something going on everyone has some sort of conflict or thing going on at the heart of them that they need to overcome in order to sort of fully realize that the dream they didn't realize they had of becoming a gorgeous lady of wrestling uh, why am I bringing it up here? Because the film is really body positive in so many ways. The women are all different shapes and sizes, different ethnicities, and all sorts of things going on. And actually, um, one of the f- issues that they experience is that their characters that they create for the wrestling show are very broad um, and sort of based on stereotypes. And in particular, in particular, Kia Stevens plays a character who adopts the persona of the welfare queen, who is this sort of overweight black woman who is based on welfare, and she's sort of playing it tongue-in-cheek and saying these ridiculous things like, you know, um, you ought to like this coat, you all bought it! And just, you know, saying <laughs> things like that just to antagonize the audience. And But there's a season two yeah. episode where she actually has to deal with the legacy of that, and is it all harmless fun? And it's, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So there's that, there's the fact that it just celebrates all of these different women and their situations, and it's just a really mm. sweet thing. In addition to being really yeah. dry, driven in terms of its plot and intrigue, yeah. it's really nice <laughs> at its heart. It's good-spirited. Yeah. And Mark Maron. Good. Is it Mark Maron? Mark Maron? Wow. <laughs> Barry, I'm going to fuck you right against this metal corrugated iron. <laughs> you see if I don't. <laughs> it's Saturday. None of the other boys are here. <laughs> no one will believe it. Two gay builders. <laughs> Two gay Australian builders. <laughs> it's never been done. Oh, it's a really oh. good show. And Mark Maron is really yeah. funny in it as well. Yeah, he says cunt many times. It's fantastic. Many times. The cunts level off in season two. I don't think I've heard a cunt yet. Oh, what? But, uh, I know it's bullshit. Got, they haven't got to pull anyone in, have they, at this stage? You lead with your cunts. Just like the Gorehouse <laughs> greats. Then you level off with a couple of dams. Gosh, Gosh darn, darn it, it, he says in, a se- in an episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Damn it. Our yes. suffering has brought us closer together. If I can speak for long enough, 
without getting interrupted by the sound of God's fiery vengeance, then uh, <laughs> or a very rude builder, then I'd say that uh, as we'd already done Mrs. Doubtfire and Double Impact uh-huh. to get across the uh, <laughs> the the the, 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 the majesty the majesty that is one actor playing multiple roles, I really had to scrape the bottom of the barrel here. Um, and by bottom of the barrel, uh, I mean something that's very very good. That is, of course, Richard Ayoade's adaptation of the Dostoevsky classic, The Double. Starring Ooh. Jesse Eisenberg, who's uh, an underwhelming civil <laughs> servant whose uh, peaceful but wholly rubbish life gets even yeah. worse when a uh, new employee turns out to be his physical double and emotional yeah. opposite. Uh, Which no one else can see. Yes. No, no one, one else can, can see, see the resemblance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the double quickly uh, is quickly elevated to celebrity status almost, just being this mm. confident motherfucker whilst Jesse Eisenberg continues to go into obscurity and even gains the ire of even more people. He very aptly plays two versions of Jesse Eisenberg, uh, yep. and every everyone else seems to be a player in this lazily malevolent dream. And as yeah. with all things Awadi, it's just it's very sharp. It's funny being Awadi. There's plenty of cause for extreme social anxiety in there. So what's not <laughs> to love? Yeah, it's a very it's a very dark, angular sort of film, and uh, yeah, some yeah very nice dark comedic moments. It's very mm. very good, very worth a watch. Beautifully shot as well. A shot of yeah. um, Jesse Eisenberg running through the mist. Um, after attending a sort of weird funeral is really yes. striking. That stuck with me. Yeah. Um, yes. I forgot to mention about Glow as well. It's set in the 80s and very much has the style and music of the 80s throughout the whole thing, including oh, the sure. hair, which uh, is a big selling point for me. Uh, Alison yeah. Brie has good old Linda Hamilton hair from the first Terminator, and I love it. No shotguns <laughs> yet, but uh, <laughs> you know what wrestling's like. Episode three, spoiler alert, um, the Terminator does show up. <laughs> Which one? All of them. The oh, whole God. gang. The whole Terminator oh. gang. You've got Jason Patrick. Was he one? Jason, yep. Yeah, Jason Patrick. He's the one from NARC. I... <laughs> Who is it? It's Robert Patrick. It's, yeah. it's some two boring fucking names no, put no. next to each other. No. Bob Johnson. No, no. It's Star of Speed 2, Robert Patrick. <laughs> Hi, I'm James Robert. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. awful. I'm Tony Dean. i it already. <laughs> oh thank you for listening to our robert patrick takedown hour we're gonna fuck up that guy <laughs> and the guy who was actually in terminator 2 who was it robert patrick patrick roberts it was rap- robert That's patrick what I said, isn't it yeah i know but you said jason see- you said jason patrick first the guy from narc and speed 2 oh. so <laughs> had to just fuck me had to make sure everyone knew that <laughs> one of them needs to die i'm not having this <laughs> pick pick one america pick a patrick and you can pick up your pickled Patrick at the end of the show. From a pickled piper named Peter Pepper. <laughs> oh, God. Well, my guy is now <laughs> stamp- stamping on his creation of the last hour. So I think it's a good time to end. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, Guy on the Roof. Thank you for joining that was us, the one everyone thing at home. Some yeah. time ago. Yeah, Guy on the Roof. We couldn't have done it without you this week. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> Legend. Yeah, thanks, thanks everyone. All you legends out there stamping on roofs and uh, working on Saturdays. What's wrong with you? I thought we'd be safe. <laughs> got it. Got here early at half seven on a Saturday. How dare he break the Sabbath? Oh, Shabbos. Australian Sabbath, which happens on a Saturday. Anti-Semitic Australian builders. You can't can't leave your house. <laughs> can't leave your house without one of them throwing a yarmulke at you. Here's your god hat. Where are they getting them all? That's yeah. what I want to know. Oh, Palestine's difficult, isn't it? Leave it alone, builder. Just. <laughs> What do you what do you even know? <laughs> what are you? I'm Donald anyway, Trump. I'm sure anyway, he's, I'm sure I'm sure he's doing a lovely job and I can't wait for my roof to stop leaking. But um <laughs> but fuck that guy. He like he he's above me with a hammer. I, iTunes, 
Twitter, Gmail, <laughs> Facebook, OGT Pod. You can just get there, send some nice things, t- tell us how how well we did, and ah, oh, thanks. Bye, everyone. Let's wait for next week. As Paul continues, I have a new roof, and I'm sure the results will be audible for all. <laughs> as Paul continues crying and shaking. Um, I just want to tell you all about a new podcast that we've appeared on in much less strenuous circumstances. It's called Filmily Fortunes, and you can catch it now. If you go to uh, Twitter, it's at Filmily Fortunes, and I think it's something pretty similar to that on Facebook as well. So have a look there, and you'll find a link. It's basically a um, a film quiz podcast that pitches movie podcasts against each other. Uh, we're in there in episode one, going up against one member of Cinema Recall. Yeah. Who will win? A couple of proud pools or a, a single guy? I think you'll be surprised at how close it fucking gets. <laughs> yep. I think if you like listening to two pools struggle and lose their cool <laughs> over something that ultimately is meaningless. <laughs> oh, the pissed off pools pick up Pickled Patrick's. Fuck Only on Filmily Fortunes. Fucking podcast. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. And remember... I'm Paul Salt. I'm drowned by hammers. <laughs> Remember, the one good thing about Norbit. The one good thing about Norbit is when an Oscar winning actor flees a church. <laughs> 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 <laughs>